Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Wembley. Grayson is clear. He's got Paris with him. And it's hooked away by Edwards. Dean Peer is on for Northampton Town as a replacement for David Rennie. Hunter poised to take yet another long throw. Samson Corbin. Warburton's in there. Lee. Who's won a free kick right on the edge of the penalty area. Frayne. Charged down by Coates. Frayne again. And he's got it! What a marvellous goal from John Frame. Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me and another of our special episodes looking back at that famous win at Wembley in 1997. I'm Charles Commons and this episode is a live recording of the reunion event that was held at Sixfields on Friday the 20th of May 2022. We had a fantastic time hosting the event and I'd just like to say thank you to everyone at the football club for inviting us to do it and to the former players themselves for being such great guests. And of course, a huge thank you to everyone that came down to be there as it happened. Hopefully, if you were there, this is a great reminder of that evening. And for those of you that weren't there, this will provide you with everything pretty much that went on and was talked about over the course of the evening. We had some great players there. You're going to hear from them in three separate groups. 
it's a fantastic listen. Honestly, it was a great night. I'm just very, very proud of the fact that we were there to host it. So thanks again to the football club. Thanks again to you for being there and for now listening. And uh, yeah, shall we get into the event itself, shall we? Okay, here we go. First up, if we can welcome to the front of the All Things Business 1897 suite, Ian Clarkson, Dean Peer, Ian Atkins, and of course, John Frayne. Do you want subtitles, Samo? <laughs> so there's probably a reason why we've started with this. It's so that you're not too drunk to not be able to understand the Brummie contingent. <laughs> but it's a pleasure to have you all here, guys. Thanks so much. What, first of all, what's it like? I mean, obviously, Ian, you've been back a few times recently. But what's it like to be back here now on this night 25 years later? That's great for the club. I mean, just before we start as well, I think I'd raise a glass for Dennis Casey as well. You know what I mean? I mean, Dennis obviously was terrific for us all. And um, probably passed away, but so thanks for raising that glass. Question? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, essentially, (laughs) you were the manager. (laughs) You're, You're the one that brought all these guys together. Was that... Easy? Um, no, obviously it was a rebuilding job. But at the same token, you just really relied on people. Some people I knew, but looking at good characters as well. And every single one of them, as you can tell tonight, I mean, to have 11 here, 10, 11 here tonight is fantastic. Um, and it shows you, as a group, as such, how, how tight they were. And they're a terrific set of lads who um, gave everything and I think as a supporter if I was a supporter there's one thing you'd guarantee is that they gave everything they were good characters they mixed they always had time for supporters and uh, they did the club proud absolutely definitely (laughs) so obviously you guys have all played together before you came to Sixfields Um, was it nice to all be reunited and all play again together yeah it was it's great, really. Um, so me and John were apprentices together at Birmingham, and then Ian as well joined um, after me and John signed professional. So younger. he is <laughs> unbelievably <laughs> believe it or not. Franey at hair when I started, but no, no, it was. It was nice, you know, it's, there was a few others as well, Gailey, who I'd been at Birmingham with as well. So, you know, we all knew each other, Jason Beckford as well, and, and travelling in on the car was, was just great, and it was just a, a great time to, you know, all the banter going in the car, and then we got to the ground and the banter died away with Woody and everything, but <laughs> apart from that, it was, you know, it, it was a good time, really. So, yeah. Fabulous stuff. I mean, it's, it's going to be one of those things, isn't it, that you all come together... You know, you have that hugely successful year in the end, but did you think it was going to be a success right at the start? Obviously, it wasn't the best start with the coach breaking down on the way to Wigan. Yeah, well, first game away at Wigan, I think we got there at 3.20. I went in the car with Akers, who's 
who puts his foot on the brake and the accelerator and the brake. So I got there feeling seasick. And I think Bob Goddard drove and, and Barry Stoddard as well. So there was three, got, we got there at 3.20. Dino got sent off. Danny O'Shea got sent off. Woody and Dave Rennie had the worst fight I've ever seen in any dressing room at half-time. So and all of a sudden, we end up losing 2-1. And it goes full circle. And then before the last game of the season, John Gale and Carl Higgs had the best fight I've ever seen. And, and we get promotion, so very good, really. I like that. A tale of the season through fights. Brilliant. I enjoy that. <laughs> Obviously, um, John, you're, you're the man that gets the applause every single time. You know, you walked in and the whole room erupted essentially earlier on. Um, <laughs> yeah, Woody will, Woody will get his half an hour with the microphone. Don't worry. <laughs> But what's that like for you? Because obviously, you know, no offence here, you were a left-back that came in. <laughs> You're not expecting... <laughs> You're not expecting to go and get that, that glory, are you? I wouldn't have thought. No. <laughs> We're not exactly ten-a-penny left-backs, to be honest. Um, no, I, was, I was so fortunate, I had a bit of a... You know, a rough season at Birmingham before I came uh, for my initial month on loan in the January. Um, settled in so quickly in that, that first month. And the, the first thing I noticed straight away was what a, a tight-knit bunch of lads there were. The dressing was absolutely fantastic. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the credit goes to the, the lads who played and whatever. But, you know, it's a squad as well. You know, you know, some lads who weren't really involved too much, but I, I played in teams where if you're not, if you're not involved, you, know, you can get a bit disillusioned and a bit bitter, whatever. But it wasn't that sense of it at all, you know. Made in you know, the lads' personal feelings, but the whole squad was absolutely fantastic. Um, and then I signed on deadline day in March. Um, and it was real momentum coming towards the end of the season. Um, we were playing really well, really strong. We finished the season really strongly. And I just really fancied us going to the playoffs. Um, and I think Ray said before, um, I don't think anyone of the other teams really wanted to play us in the playoffs. Um, you know, and we, a lot of that comes from yeah you know, from the spirit we had. But we had some good players as well, some some really good strong characters. Um, and I, I was just so fortunate to to be the one who, who got the winning goal. You know, um, an unbelievable moment, the best moment of my career by a long, long way. Um, thank God, because otherwise Woody would have got the prize for tipping up shots out of the barn. <laughs> he talks enough about himself anyway, so yeah, yeah. Um, but no, the, the, the lads are brilliant. You know, it, it was the, one of the, those two years, two, two, three years initially when I first joined, um, was one of the, the, you know, certainly one of the highlights of my career. What, what's it like being back together with everyone? Because from what I understand, you don't necessarily see each other. You don't do this every year. Maybe it's something you'd all like to start doing again. I mean, what is it like just being back together with everyone? Uh, first of all, thank you for the people who organised this tonight. Yeah, we're, we're so. So lucky to be able to. It's so nice to see. It's like you haven't, you know, we haven't seen each other for twenty years, some of us. Um, but it's like been. It's like transporting yourself back to twenty years ago, and you're in the dressing room again, because it, you know, it, it was lots of strong characters. The dressing room wasn't an easy place at the time. It was like, you know, you had to be, you know, strong character to survive it. Um, but it made us. That's what made us such a, a good side and a good squad. Um, and it's brilliant. And so, you know, and like Ian said to have eleven, twelve of the boys back here today. Uh, it's just uh, great memories. Absolutely. If anybody has got a question, please do put your hand up or get Danny's eye and he will come over with a microphone. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep asking silly questions. <laughs> and that's a dangerous thing. <laughs> <laughs>
Danny, you have to run to Roy Hunter. That's the way this works. <laughs> He's coming, Roy. Come. Is that Clark, it's to you, mate, I think. Um, well, see, you, you want some Northampton stories. Is that, is that what you meant, really? Okay. Um, yeah, as I said, for me, you know, two years of, those first two years of Northampton were, were unbelievable. We were playing well. We were winning games. There's this, there's this urban myth that we were just a team we used to work hard, but we had some great players. We had some really good defenders who could defend properly. We had some midfielders who could play and they could work hard. We had some strikers who could score and hold the ball up and make good runs. And I often hear, oh, yeah, they just work quite hard. We, 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 we had a lot more than that, I think. Goalkeeper. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, and of course, not forgetting our distinguished goalkeeper who, who often pulled off some magnificent match-winning saves for us as well, yeah. So, you know, um, I heard that rumour, yes. Yeah, so, but in, in, in general, you know, it, was, it was a really good place to be at. It felt like a really progressive forward club. Um, and, and, that, and, you know, I watched a video on Wimbledon the other week on BT Sport, and they spoke about uh, the, the, the dressing room sort of atmosphere and banter back in the 80s and it was absolutely fierce it was pre-mobile phone so now if we started trying at quarter to ten or ten o'clock whenever Akers fancied it quarter to ten or ten o'clock um, so now if we got there at sort of nine o'clock you know you had 45 minutes to basically be on your toes for 45 minutes and I saw experienced professionals not be able to handle it and they sort of crumbled a bit and left so you know, that, that was what it was like then but I think allied to having some very good players and been very well organised uh, I think, I think that, that was half of our success really and yes, I am still bold. Yeah, I'm a slapid. So I think the one thing that everybody would probably like to know is uh, how did it actually feel stepping up to take that free kick, John? Um, yeah, trying to get Toby to step away from it, to be honest. Toby's Roy Hunter, sorry. He's, uh, um <laughs> well, some more than others, really, but never mind. Um, it was pretty central, the free kick was, so you know, it's on a royal myself. Um, I, I just, just fancied it, to be honest. Um, uh, first one, I think you can see, if you keep watching tonight, you'll see he's about three yards away from when I struck the ball, he was encroaching. Um, and it, it did open the angle up a little bit, to be honest, just when it was replaced. Um, it was just a... A real tense game, the whole 90 minutes. As a spectacle, probably wasn't much to watch, to be honest. But if you invest in it as a supporter, as a player, it was everything. Um, so, you know, you don't care. You don't care what it looks like as you're playing as a supporter. I guess you don't care what it looks like. You know, you just want your team to win. So it came down to, to, to that last, you know, that last minute. Um, and I just, all my concentration was just hit, make sure you, you get a decent contact on the ball. I knew where he wanted it. Hit it and just hit it properly. Um, and I, I, as soon as I hit it, I thought, well, I've, I've struck that pretty well. And I was trying, trying to sort of glance around the wall to see where it went. And the, the first. <laughs> Winning the goal, past the goalkeeper, Roy, right in the corner. <laughs> the first notion I got that it's gone in, it was, I think, Jason White, Sean, and, and Chris Lee, like arms up. And the next thing, you just. You know, it's just such... The, the biggest thing I had was relief, to be honest. Relief, absolute relief. And running back to you know, the halfway line, 
absolutely shattered. And thank God, I think we had about 10 seconds afterwards to play. Um, but it's, it was just, you know, and you, you look back and I just really so privileged to be able to score that goal for the, for the bunch of players that I played with. Just an immense bunch of players, really well. Yeah, just, uh, is it working okay? Yeah. Just a question for John, really. Um, and I have to say, you were my favourite player back in those days. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, um, that great... <laughs> that, um, that, that great day when, when you scored that goal, from uh, I, I was sort of, sort of almost behind you, just a little bit further up when you took the free kick. And, and when, when you took it, and of course it had to be retaken, the fact that you took it so quick meant that we almost missed it because everything just happened so, so very quickly. But do you think that because you took it so quickly that that helped it get in the net? And did you sort of take it quickly intentionally? No, not at all. <laughs> Everything... Felt in a bit of slow motion, to be honest. Um, from when, from when I think Jonathan Coates came out the wall and encroached, um, it seemed to be a massive delay. I, I don't know what the actual timing was of in between taking the two free kicks, but it seemed to be a massive delay. And uh, sometimes the more you have time to think about things, you, you overthink them. Uh, and the only thing in my mind really was get a decent contact on it, um, yeah. and you know, and stopping Roy from trying to take the second one. Yeah. <laughs> So, just very quickly, so when, when it all erupted, because I think we took about 46,000 people to Wembley that day, which was absolutely amazing in itself. But from your perspective, the noise must have been incredible. You know, how did that feel when you heard that amount of noise at the goal going in? Because I don't think we heard the final whistle, which came like seconds later, because we were making so much noise. No, I think I've said the word relief. I think that's what the noise came from the crowd as well. And yeah. um, I've been asked so many times to try and describe that feeling as it hit the, the back of the net, and you, you can't describe what you actually felt. Um, you know, celebration has been called the worst in, in the history of football, but it was just, you know, what do you do? You just <laughs> put your hands up, next thing, Tubby's jumping all over you, and next thing, the lads are jumping all over you. It's like, yeah, um, if. Charles mentioned it. You know, he said, like flippantly, you know, you're left back and you scored a goal. But things don't happen to like left backs, right backs, or journeyman football to be honest, like that. You know, they don't. Um, so f for me, it was just, you know, an absolute unbelievable experience, yeah. um, and one I'm, you know, so so privileged to, to have experienced. And for us, John. Thank you. And one of the things, I, I don't know how many of you actually listen to the podcast, I'm going to presume it's all of you because we're amazing, but uh, one of the things that we've got going at the moment is, because obviously there's that stand that needs finishing as soon as possible, please, um, there's going to be some boxes going in, which I'm, I'm pretty sure some of these people here tonight are going to have opening ceremonies where they're cutting the ribbon for their own box and things like that that's named after them. One of the things that we're campaigning for, Dean, is to have the corridor named the Dean Pier Corridor. Now, <laughs> I got a corridor. <laughs> now, the one thing that we're going to do, we're going to have an online petition that everybody needs to sign, and obviously, then Dean, you'll be coming to unveil the plaque. Is that okay? That's 
and yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Good stuff. <laughs> I am corridor. <laughs> no one else has got a corridor. Think about it. Everybody gets to go in that corridor. Only some people get to go in the boxes. That's the way it works, you see. Uh, <laughs> so we've still got a load to get through. Has anybody got any last questions for these guys? Because we've got to go to the next set of players. Here we go. How do you stay in touch with one another? We have um... <laughs> yeah, we have a couple of WhatsApp groups. Um, I think in lockdown, uh, I think was it you, Woody, who set it up uh, with the guys? Um, so everyone was was on that really. That came in for the last four or five years when we played over there. Um, we have a, a one a bit more social, or a lot more funny than that one. It's the it's the the. The Cobblers Car School, um, so the Birmingham crew that used to come, me, Dean, Ian, Mickey Warner, Roy Hunter, Gary Thompson, uh, Jason Beckford. So we, we keep in regular contact like that. Um. <laughs> so, so, says the skipper, head on the stick. <laughs> sorry, Razor, sorry, Vice. Got another question? Yeah, this one's uh, for Ian Atkins. Um, it's a bit off topic. We're going to go a year later to the Grimsby final. Do you ever have a sliding doors moment where if we'd won that, how far this team could have gone in the, the championship, the, the first division? The team could possibly have held its own. Um, whether the infrastructure of the club then was ready for the, the championship. You know what I mean? It's, that's probably as big a thing as anything. But when you've got a group of players and a set of players that give everything... Have a go, stick together like glue. Um, are very difficult to beat, and I think that was the the second year of getting to Wembley it was probably the, the strength of it, knowing that you were playing better teams and better players. That the more they came onto us, the more we countered. And I think the side would have held its own. It might have been just, and you obviously you'd have had all possibility of bringing players in, depending on the finances, but they could have more than held their own, because they were strong characters, and never knew when they were beat. Big thing. Don't see it now. Okay, thank you very much, guys. We're going to move on to the next group, so can we give a big round of applause, please, to Ian Atkins, John Frame, Dean Peer, and Ian Clarkson. And can we please welcome our next set of 97 Legends? We've got Mickey Warner, Ali Gibb, Ian Sampson and Ray Warburton. <laughs> we might have some work cut out here. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome guys, thanks very much for coming, it's great to see you. First of all, can we just give a big round of applause for, for Mickey for coming all the way from Finland, please? <laughs> so first things first guys, I mean... We'll, we'll, we'll let Samo speak in a minute because obviously he's here pretty much every day at the moment still. <laughs> <laughs>
for the not, rest? Not every day. Not every day. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like being back? Obviously, Rosie, you still live locally as well. But, guys, Mickey, how's it, what's it like being back in Northampton? Yeah, I think, I think for me, so I'm living abroad in Finland. Um, been over there for 14 years. And uh, I came back to a, a game last season and uh, treated very well when I came back. And I uh, really appreciate that, that uh, you're looking after the, the ex-players. And uh, for me, when I you know, look back and think about my time at Northampton, I, I played for, for six different clubs. Um, yeah, I think five of them non-league clubs and, and Northampton was, was the, the league club I played for. And, uh, you know, I was at home here and I, and I felt like it was a family. I, felt, I, I loved it here. I lived with, uh, with unfortunately, with, with uh, Roy Hunter. <laughs> uh, and uh, Billy Turley and Chris Lee lived just across the road. So it was a bit messy at times. Uh, now... Honestly speaking, I loved it in the town and, and I was here for four years. I didn't play as much as I want. I wanted to. You know, it was, it was like a, I had an opportunity. I came back into it and, and uh, Ian obviously gave me, me the chance and then he didn't give me the chance. <laughs> and then he'd give me the chance and then he didn't give me the chance again. And, and I, no, I, <laughs> so, uh, so for me, I, I loved it here. I, I wanted to do a lot more here. I think my... Probably my best football days were, were when I left. Although I was in, I was in like good form here, and I, and I felt super fit. Loved the lads. Loved being in the town. Loved being in Ritzy on Monday and Wednesday. And <coughs> some Fridays, yeah. So no, I, I was really, I, I'm really happy here. And it, for me, it's for me, it's home. And it's you know the, the first result I look for on a, on a Saturday. I'm a bit of a Liverpool fan, so. Yeah. <laughs> Second one uh, is, is, is the Northampton result, you know, so yeah, thanks for that. I, I loved it here in the town. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> Razor, I'll come to you next. Um, obviously, you were, you were the captain on the day. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get it? <laughs> what did it feel like walking up those steps? Up the steps to pick the cover. <laughs> I've walked up lots of steps. That's all I'm saying. It was probably the best experience I've ever had. I was saying on the radio the other day, I went to Wembley when I was about 12 with South Yorkshire boys. We did the stadium tour of Wembley. And well, obviously walked up the steps, picked a pretend cup up and all that sort of stuff. And to do it 20 years later, piss off Woody. <laughs> to do it 20 years later was a dream come true. Has he answered it now? <laughs> so yeah, best, <laughs> best time, yeah, best, best time. Was it, was it a real privilege of the fact that obviously all of you got your hand on the trophy, but you were the first one, was that? Extra special for yeah, you? Yeah, it's always, it's always nice, but obviously when, when Franey scored for 15, 20 minutes, we didn't think about anything, and all of a sudden you realise you're going up the steps, and that's the moment when it sort of actually hits you. But yeah, it was, I mean, I, it's been said already five or six times tonight, the group of people we worked with for three or four years at that time was, I worked, I was a pro for 21 years, and they're the sort of best group I ever worked with. And I think that's what got us, got us over the line. 
Brilliant. Um, there's a question that's been written. So we, we did get some questions that we worked on first. Danny wrote this one. It's for Ali. <laughs> How did you cope with being the heartthrob of the Cobbler Squad? Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 No, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to avoid that whatsoever. There was. <laughs> There were some bigger heartthrobs than me in this team, and um, a couple of them are over there on the, on the table on the right there. I think I'm just echoing um, what Razor said, actually. Like, we, 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 we were just chatting there in the, in the hotel earlier before we came, and lots of us have been in football for quite a long time. And you look back at what we had in this dressing room. I was just a young player at the time coming into a team, and probably the biggest thing was probably the... Um, the personalities within the team at a particular time and I look at it now even in the teams which I've been in as from the other side of the fence from I'm now a physio and I look at some of the personalities in 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 dressing rooms it doesn't compare one bit to what we had within this dressing room here whether it's the manager whether it's the players it's honestly it's, it's, it's totally different I even talk to players now first team players about John Gale bouncing a ball off someone's head within the within the tunnel on the way you know out, out, out towards the game against Bristol Rovers you know that, that I, I, I've never seen anyone do that and in terms of in terms of in terms of players now it, it is just not the same it is not the same whatsoever those hills outside here so for example where the, the, the row goes outside we used to run up there yeah, that that's like a like a fifty sixty degree hill, which um, we routinely ran up there on a Sunday morning. So we play Saturday. We run there as a punishment. I've never ever ever seen any team any players run after a game. We routinely ran after a game if we lost. So six fields there. If we lost a game, we'd run after the game. Dennis Casey would take us for running. So. I think it built a mentality for the team. I think that this is probably where, where, in terms of how successful the team was on maybe the budget which they were on, I think that um, that was probably the biggest, the biggest factor in terms of getting success in this football club. Brilliant. Um, Sam, you've obviously been involved in Cobbler squads since then, playing, managing, coaching, recruiting as well now. Um, Bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> How, how does this squad compare to the rest of them? Obviously, a lot of the players aren't here, so you can say what, you're, what well, you want. Yeah, no comparison, obviously, because we achieved something that not many Cobblers teams have done and winning at Wembley. Uh, I have to pay tribute to the lads that work regularly in the team, Mickey and Ali and, and Lee. You know, they, they were the heartbeat as well because it would have been easy for them to, to toss it off uh, and be nuisances around the place, but they, they bought into the, I don't know, the strategy and... and, and the camaraderie that we had, and it was great to have them. We had 16, 17 players that were, you know, all all of one, every, everyone fighting for the same cause. So, you know, they, they've got to take great credit. You know, they didn't get the accolades that probably they deserved. Uh, and looking back, without them, we wouldn't have achieved what we achieved. Um, so, you know, they deserve to take great credit. Yeah, I know Clark mentioned it earlier on about the fact that you know, maybe in hindsight, a lot of Cobblers fans and, and people in the press and, and wherever would quite often refer to the team as maybe being industrial, maybe, or agricultural, whereas there, there are players in this team who can who could play. And it's maybe a bit unfair to sort of have that, that memory there when we've been watching, you know, on the video before while we were eating and, and, and while we were waiting for this. You can see the kind of 
play that we were actually getting through. It, it wasn't what many people say about just hit it long to John Gale and see what happens, was it? Well, it was a bit like that. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you wanted to get it down and play and you weren't allowed to because you had to hit it into the channel, then you had to hit it in the channel. And that was our jobs. But I, I think we had a structure of, and a base of what we wanted to do. And within that structure and base, we had some talent that could make the difference. Uh, uh, and you know, I think that's a, a great testament to the manager. You know, I didn't agree with everything he did, but what he did was very effective. Anything in particular you didn't agree with? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I got a bit bored with training, to be honest. But you know, when you come out of it and you look back and you, and you see what he did, and it was for a reason, from, from someone who's been the manager you know, not too long in the, in the past, you realise why you did it and how effective it became. You know, it can't always be about enjoying yourself and doing the nice things and having five asides and eight asides. You know, the manager's job's always on the line. And what he put in place and the people that he got in to do that job was, was a first-class achievement, you know. So, I, you know, I give him great credit for that. And he didn't mind having the lads having a drink on a Wednesday night, which was quite good as well, <laughs> to create that same spirit. Yeah. <laughs> and a Tuesday night, yeah. I mean, I was going to ask the question, which was the bigger achievement for you, either playing in this side or obviously that win at Anfield when you were the manager. But I suppose in a way, you can't compare the two. They're both as big an achievement as each other, but just at different points in your career. Yeah, I mean, they're fantastic for me, but the, the biggest achievement as a player was obviously winning at Wembley, and, I, I, you know, what went on after that was something different. We're here to celebrate 25 years, that we saw, you know, um, winning at Wembley with this group of players and the camaraderie we had was just, you know, I don't think it's ever been recreated at this club. I think people have tried. Times are a little bit different, but it was fantastic. You know, all the players that I met at this football club although we don't speak to each other regularly, still become great teammates and friends. And I, and I think that's, we can all say that as well. So I don't think there's, a, there's too many players that would have a bad word to say about their teammates. Uh, and that's great testament to the, to the manager who put that group of players together because he knew what he wanted in terms of character. And I think someone said earlier, if they didn't have the right character, they were soon dismissed. You know, we, we had many centre-halves coming on trial. Me and Razor would be thinking, oh, here's another fucking centre-half coming <laughs> yeah. But they didn't, they didn't have the same character or ability that we had. Uh, and I think it was testament to, to us that we, we thought, sort of said to the manager, we're going to prove you wrong here. They're not good enough. We'll carry on. So, you know, that, the spirit that we had was unforgettable. And I'll, you know, I'll never forget it. I think we often hear, don't we, when, uh, going back to, say, Chris Wilder's time, Chris Wilder used to say that the dressing room policed itself and, and, and things like that. Razor, did you think that that was, you know, the thing for you? Was it easy to control this lot? I, I think we had, we had players who they did police the dressing room themselves. Akers, as much as he sort of controlled everything from above, there was no sulks in the dressing room. Anybody who weren't pulling the weight got sort of told in no uncertain terms. And it was just a workmanlike group who were all honest people. And it's really hard to find, especially in the game at the moment, it's really hard to find characters who actually come and put a shift in every single training session, every single game, and do the best, whether they're on the bench, in the stand, 
or playing. So, it, I mean, I've, I've played at six pro clubs who've all achieved promotion, but... And Rushton, yeah. Yes, and Rushton. <laughs> They're a club, aren't they? Or there was. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is, even, so you always get good standards, you get good players, you get good management, but Northampton is still the best sort of group of lads I've played with, without a shadow of a doubt. And, and the team spirit, and it was fantastic. There was no shirkers, you couldn't, you couldn't be a shirker. No, yeah, no, I'm getting that, that thought here, yeah, absolutely. If you have got questions, please do let Danny or Chesy know, raising your hands. Um, Ali, obviously you didn't start that day. How, how desperate were you to get on the pitch? Yeah, I think anyway, if you, if you get to Wembley, I think I've been in football for, I don't know, 20-odd years, and those are the two, even I've achieved promotion, those are the two opportunities to, to, um, to play at Wembley. So I think anyone who comes in that position wants to play at Wembley, so you're desperate to play. Is it hard sat there watching the game, seeing it unfold in front of you, wanting to obviously get on, maybe can you see things that you're sort of going, oh, I could get in there? I, I, I think any player who, who's watching uh, who's watching a game, you're, you're, I think they'd be lying to say that they, um, how can I put it? The person who's playing in front of you, you're, you're wanting them to almost make a mistake or do something wrong. So you're given an opportunity to play because all of us sat here, we're, we're, we're selfish individuals to some extent. Um, we we look after number one, and so ideally you wanna you wanna play, don't you? So that that's the same for every one of us. If you ask us all individually, do you wanna play in that game? Of course we do. Yeah, fair enough. I think everyone would have liked to have played in that totally. game, regardless whether they were a footballer or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is one of those things because I mean, I I go back to that that era, and I remember you know this squad, this team was my. It's the first team that I can remember really getting behind that sucked me into being a Cobblers fan. Mm. I've been you know, ad hoc a few times over the previous couple of seasons. But it was you guys that really brought it all together. And the fact that we're talking about that team spirit that you guys had, but it was also, as, as we've seen on the video, the whole town and all the fans were just one big family, really, in, in terms of that. You sort of look at the pictures of the fans going down to Wembley, and they all look happy before they're going. Almost like there's a, this supreme confidence about it. The fans felt like we were going to win. Did did you guys just think, yeah, we're going to rock up and it's going to be it? I, th I think... Is it working? Yeah. I think right from when we moved to Sixfields, there was a bit of momentum building. Obviously, I joined in when Samuel went got recalled by Sunderland to play in the FA Cup. I replaced Samuel when John Barmore was here. And there was moving to Sixfields the year after. I think from that point, the club started to move forward. Obviously, it didn't work out for John Barnwell. Ian Atkins come in, started recruiting, getting a lot of experienced players, and then we started gradually moving up in 1994-95. So we didn't have a great season that year, uh, but the following year, I think we just missed out on the playoffs. So there was progression, progression, progression. We got a stronger team. Things People were finding their feet. And then it sort of snowballed from there, really. That The year we got into the playoffs the first year, Obviously, it was a great year, and then it sort of snowballed even further the, the second year. And as I said, the, the fans got sort of engaged with it all, and, and it was a great two or three years. And, you know, there was a lot of work behind the scenes and a lot of hard work by all the players and the staff and everybody involved to, to sort of get to that point. So it was a really enjoyable two or three years, but hard work. 
Brilliant. Has anyone got any questions for the guys? Any at all? Nothing. Silent. I've obviously done a good job and asked you everything that there is to ask, and that's good. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, look, we'll move on to the next group of players. So can we all give a big round of applause, please, to Michael Warner, Ian Sampson, Ray Warburton, and Ali Gibb. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. So if we can please give a warm welcome to Andy Woodman. <laughs> Here he comes, finally. Here we go. I've got two Right, that's it. I'm done. I'm leaving it to you. All right, see you later. Cheers. <laughs> Roy Hunter. <laughs> Lee Colkin. And Sean Parrish, who's quite clearly waiting for his goal to reappear. <laughs> Welcome, guys. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, obviously, I've already been told to try and get into you, Woody. But yeah, for straight away. quite one of the group. <laughs> uh, no comment. Uh, so, obviously, we, we've spoken before. We've talked about your time at the club and, and, and how much you really enjoyed it here. Most people will have read about, you know, in your book that you did with Gareth Southgate, of course, how much coming to this. <laughs> coming to Sixfields and, and coming to Northampton was, was probably one of the best moves that you made in your career. Memories from back then? Anything particular stand out apart from, obviously, the, the Wembley final? Was there anything else that stood out for you? Um... To be fair, I mean, it was great. We've all said, the lads have said it, the, the camaraderie here was great. I think we should probably all take our hat off to the manager, really, because, you know, at the time, we hated him. <laughs> we did. No, it's no joke. At the time, we was like, for fuck's sake. Like, let's get it out of here. But, you know, like Sam had mentioned it. We all looked back and, uh, and, and we all sort of revert to how he sort of looked after us and trained us and, and he got, let, let's be honest, he got a group of waif and strays together and, and probably made us have our best time of our, our career. Um, and I think testament to, to the gaffer, he, he even still supports us all now. I mean, he comes to my game the other week, always giving advice. And I think, you know, that said, you know, I think 
all the boys sort of look up to him in a bizarre way. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a great place to be and, uh, you know, a good club to be at at the right time. Do you miss it? Oh, yeah. I mean, you've seen the camaraderie tonight. We've had a probably good bit of banner. If, uh, if I was to show you our WhatsApp group, I mean, it's chaos on there. In, in lockdown, I set this WhatsApp group on to get one or two on and it just grew and grew. And in the end, it just become like, it was brutal. It was just like back to the old days. Everyone was battering everyone um, to the point where I, I, I've never had so much fun in lockdown. It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. You know? so, um, and that just says everything about the group of, group of players that we had here. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Roy, obviously, John took all the limelight that day, took it away from you. Would twice. you have scored twice? twice. <laughs> would, would you have scored it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Never scored a free kick in my life up until I went non-league. It's easy. No, though, no fair play to him. Fair play to him. I mean, I was like that, mate. I was marching now, isn't it? You've hit the wall. You didn't even get about. Two foot off the ground, do you know what I mean? Martin. No, captain's armband, mate. Oh, wait, oh, wait, captain, captain. Pulling rank on me. Fine, fine, mate, fine. But he moved it, he went, let's shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. It was like, like being in Ritzies. Go on, shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Drop it five yards this way, oh, wait. then open the whole goal up so he could put it in the middle of the goal. Do you know what I mean? Oh, fine, that's fine, that's fine. There you go. The one thing that I, for some reason, remember about you, Roy, playing, was was your ability for a good long throw. Ish. Ish. <laughs> if it was wet, no. It would get about 18-yard box. But No, it was one of them. I don't think we even planned on anything. It was just, anyone got a long throw? I was like, Gaffer went, anyone got a long throw? Everyone's like, no. Everyone got a long throw? No. Because we had Gailey and everyone was like, Six foot one, six foot four, six foot two. We could put four centre halves up there as well because we had like that many centre halves, that many defenders in the team. It was like eight defenders in the team, really, didn't we? If you really look at it. Anyone got long throw? No. No one even thought about it, but let's try it. Oh, anywhere near the six yard box. That'll do me. That'll do me. That'll do me. Anyone can flick it on. There you go. It, just was, it was just one of them, but it just snowballed from there, then went from there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Shook Baldy. <laughs> Lee, you obviously came through a different route to these guys coming through the youth team. Christ, yeah. Um, so, yeah, came in 1990, straight from school, um, which probably made it all a lot better, because I've seen, and I mean the bad times, there's, there's a few Hancock... We've Christ Almighty, you know, as an apprentice having to water the pitch with a a, a fire hose, and we couldn't control it because Ian that's... Atkins did that, but he's trying to freeze the pitch <laughs> <laughs> against Hereford. I can remember that. Can you remember that? Let's freeze this 18-yard box just so it makes them slip in the 18-yard box. So, so we will on a long throw. They might slip over and miss a header. Right or wrong, Gaffer? <laughs> was it was it difficult joining in with these lot? Oh Christ no, <laughs> Christ no. I mean, luckily we we've all said it. it. It's it was unbelievable, and we you know we've all gone to work and gone on to other things. But I miss it. You know we still miss it 
so much. I mean, it's like I say, from being here, from being so young to to coming through and playing in the um, the Shrewsbury game when we're two 0 down, we're going to go out of the league, and that's the club gone. Then, if okay, Halifax do a favour; they can't go up. Uh, go can't. Yeah, they can't come up, can't they? So to play in that game and to keep the club up and the punters we took there, that when I mean, we filled Shrewsbury, it was bonkers. Then we've I've just seen the the flip side of it. Go to Wembley with these guys. It was it's it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It's like a story for me from coming from a, a village in Leicestershire. This is like my second home, and I'm still working now. Just absolutely love the place. Fantastic. Lovely. Sean, we haven't got all night. <laughs> so if you can if you can start a little bit closer to Cardiff than you normally do, <laughs> talk well, us through that goal. No, it was a week before. Everybody was panicking. Are we going to make the playoffs? Scunthorpe at home. I just smashed it in the top goal. Can, can we can we not mention well, Scunthorpe? Leave calm it. Calm down. Let's calm down. Um, no, obviously, as we unpack it, uh, it was a great moment. Obviously, uh, Ian screaming on the sideline, just kick it to John Gale. I'm thinking, if I give it him, he's going to control it back 50 yards and they're going to put them on the attack. He's got to put it in the corner. Like I say, Sam was tactics, get the ball in the corner, Parrish, get it in the corner. And I just thought, no, this is my time. But yeah, it was, uh, and then John Frayne took the uh, glory from me, so uh, the rest is history, so, so to speak. Yeah, all right, take second fiddle to it though, aren't you? Yeah, it'll be fine. Definitely. Woody, any other memories for you? Well, we have got something we've kept, well, something we've kept a secret from the manager for all these years, <laughs> which we might as well tell him now. Uh, one New Year's Eve, um, we was quite a tight group of players, and our, actually our wives, all, I don't know if we've still got all our wives, but... <laughs> So I, was, I mean, I'm looking around and I can see a few go, ooh. We had, we, we had our wives, and they were quite a tight group of players as well, that lot. Players in different ways. Um, but Samo, uh, Samo, Samo threw a New Year's Eve party, and we was playing on New Year's Day, Cardiff here. And uh, we all really got it in our head. No one told the gaffer, Samo's got a party, fucking have a sin. So uh, we had a game the next day. Anyway, we was at Samo's house and it was all the cheap drink, the cheap, cheap, you know. <laughs> the, the, tes the Tesco's blue and white striped vodka, that, this, that. Anyway, the, the wives are having a good time because they can drink. We're being mega professional because we think, look, we, we've got a game tomorrow. We're half being, well, Roy weren't, but the rest of us were being professional. <laughs> it gets to about 12 o'clock. We do the old Happy New Year and we look out and it's proper snowing. Like, to the point, so we say, let's have another hour. Uh, do you remember this? We crashed out of Samo's house. There's about two foot of snow. We thought the game's off. We were legless, legless. All our cars couldn't move. Next morning, we thought the game's off. Lads all ringing around. They've put a message out on the radio. They're clearing the pitch to Panthers. And you lot, uh, I mean, you lot, cleared the pitch that day. We were smashed. And uh, I think we went out and won three... Four 0 we went out one, so we must have Gaffer, we must have got it wrong all these years. We should have just got smashed every game, and that was that was something that was stuck with me that we had such a good 
uh, night at Samo's house on the cheap drink because he wouldn't pay for nothing else. And then got a result the next day. It was brilliant. Yeah, that all sticks with me, that. So it's uh, thanks to Samo's cheap drink and then the fans were actually clearing the pitch yeah, like to make you play. We were devastated, weren't we? <laughs> we were like, no one tell the gaffer we're all drunk. And, and on that particular day, I didn't come for a cross, which is unlike me. <laughs> Oh dear. I, this is the thing, right, is that there's obviously that unbelievable spirit between all of you. Uh, you're managing now. Have you seen that spirit again? No. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I see it Sunday, I've got to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, you try to recreate a team spirit within, a, within your group. Uh, I have to have to be half serious as a manager, which is, this is quite nice to know I can relax. Um, but yeah, we, we, you try to create a team spirit within your group and uh, you kind of go back to what we were and hope you can get that that mixture right. But it, it's not there no more. The players, I mean, it's a respect. The players are different. The characters are different. I mean, we had to, I don't know, I'm speaking probably for most of the lads, but we had to win a football match to get our £100 bonus, to pay a gas bill, uh, to pay our petrol money. It was like real for us. I'm not saying the boys haven't got that, but that's how much it meant. So we knew that if we weren't pulling our weight for our mate, we was costing each other money, which had an effect. Uh, and to create that spirit in the group, we knew how much we, we all wanted it. And, um, yeah, and, that, and, and with my team now, I've tried to get that, um, but it's not easy. It really isn't easy. So um, in the build-up to this event, we were releasing some podcasts with, with some of the guys that, that are here tonight. Uh, we released one with Woody this morning, which we actually did a couple of years ago, in fairness. But one of the things that's come out of that, um, those conversations, was that apparently after the win, most of you, apart from Sean, went on holiday. Anything you can tell us about that holiday at all, anyone, guys? Over to you, Roy. Funny as you say that, 25 years ago I didn't go to Chuff in Spain, and 25 years to the day I'm still not going to Spain. <laughs> my wife's in Spain this time. Keep that one quiet as well. Fair enough, fair enough. Has anyone got any questions for these guys? You must have some questions. There must be something that you want to know somewhere. Tom's got, got there's one. There's got to be a, the, the famous quote when we're doing pre-season and we're doing sit-ups and Woody goes, do you see a cheetah do sit-ups? Tom? Yeah, question for Sean. So, Sean, I know you don't like to talk about it, but who is the most famous person you've told the goal, scorey, uh, goal story to? Because I know you don't like to talk about it, but you must have told that to quite a few people. The most famous person you've told it to? Um, oh, I don't think there is a famous one. No, um, just every supporter I speak to when they bring it up, I just can't help talking about it to last year. And every time it gets further back, I pick it on the M4 and I go over the crash barrier and I run on the pitch, etc., etc. But now every time anybody asks about it, I just love it. I just love talking about. It. We've seen it on the uh, on the TV screen, and uh, I wish I could. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the second best goal, as Franny says, but no, it's, it was something that, again, that, that day, obviously, going down to 10 men, we were under the cosh a bit. Billy Turley. <laughs> and I was still, Billy Turley, where, I don't know, he's obviously not here tonight, but it's the best goal he's ever seen. 
Although, although he's got one eye, Billy Turley, I still say it's the best goal he's ever seen, even though he's got one eye. No, he's got a blind spot. Got a blind spot just here. So obviously, with the, with the fact that you guys are all back together, it's an absolute pleasure having you here. Um, first of all, good luck for Sunday, Woody, obviously. Yes, Trophy on the cards. <laughs> Danny, Samo's got a question. Come on, Danny, run, run. Go on, hurry up. Back to that holiday, leave it. <laughs> <laughs> so a bit similar, but have you got any recollections of the time we had at Ritzy or even better, Chicago Rock Cafe? This is just a general question for the four lads that are up there at the moment. <laughs> Whose idea was it, by the way, the year that we had a, a, a relaunch of the kit in Chicago? Why, who would... There was a runway, remember? We had a runway in Chicago. Yeah. Or, or, or Nick Ansel, <laughs> so, someone... <laughs> It's nice to see the directors, by the way. Lovely to see you guys. Yes. I don't know if I should tell this story, but well, I'll tell it anyway. I mean, thank God there weren't camera phones around in our day. I mean, a lot of you probably won't know this, but on a Monday night, well, I mean, if you'd have wanted to see us lot, Monday night was stripper night in town, and we'd be wrapped around in a par, watching the strippers, having a drink, being drunk as sex every Monday night. Tuesday night was ritzy night. We was in there. Wednesday night was ritzy night. I mean, we was out as a group of players all the time, and 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 that's what really sticks to me. And and, and if it was a an away trip, you'd hear us all on the phones saying to our wives, "The coach has broke down. We've got a flat." <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the excuses. Um, uh, my wife thinks Wigan's up in Scotland still to this day. <laughs> you never believe it. The tacker meters broke. The lies we told to go out as a group and. And, and, and actually, if you didn't go out, you was gutted because you'd know the lads were having a brilliant night. You talk about Brian Robson and Paul McGrath, this boy can run. You know, he would, he'd be the last person to bed. He'd get up on a, it's on a Wednesday, have a Wednesday off, Thursday. Christ, oh my, he's at the front. Roy, calm down, mate. Fuck. <laughs> Try not to be sick here. Just <laughs> slow it down. Fit as a fiddle. That's all right. Thanks, Woody. Thanks very much, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, everybody, as well, for, for coming. It's been great. Can we please give these guys one last round of applause? Andy Woman, Roy Hunter, Lee Colkin, and, of course, Sean Parrish as well. Thank you very much, everybody, for coming. Thank you very much to All Things Management and All Things Business. It's been an absolute pleasure. Going to have a picture together now. And I'm sure the guys will be there for doing stuff as well. Thanks, everyone. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. 
By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.